are listening to The Currency. Welcome. I'm your host, Mike Gaston. I am a brand and marketing strategist. I work with privately owned companies to help them scale. And today I am talking to startup genius Alex Kurkowski. He is the owner of a company called Talinga. And we're going to talk a little bit about the power of story in his business. Alex, welcome to The Currency. What an intro, startup genius. I don't think so. That's going to make my mom and dad <laughs> chuckle. Uh, I, I appreciate that. It won't just make them laugh, but it'll probably make uh, you know all of my friends and family laugh because I'm definitely not that, but, but trying to become one, that's for sure. So thank you for the intro and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's a pleasure. Thanks for joining me today. Now, Alex, you're, uh, you're based in Texas, is that correct? Yes, Houston, Texas, born and raised. So I'm giving you that New York, that big New York uh, bravado, and you're giving me that that humble Texas attitude, but I'm sure in the clutch uh, you can produce. So Alex, tell us a little bit about Talinga, the company itself. It's it's based on this idea of snail mail and artwork and greeting cards and stories, but just give the listeners a background. What is Talinga? Yeah, so Talinga, what it stands for, the two words telling a, like telling a story. So I smudged those uh, those two words together. And what we do is we send personalized greeting cards that tell your story through snail mail. And so let me let me go from start to finish just real fast, just to give your listeners a better idea of what I'm talking about, right? So Mike, let's say that you and I are best friends, right? And I want to buy you a birthday gift for your birthday. It's coming up and I want it to be extremely personalized. So I find out about Talinga. I go to Talinga.com and I select start your story. And after I select that, I get to choose a certain story length, whether it be a one day story, a one week story, a two-week story or a one-month story. And I'll come full circle on the story links here in just a little bit. After that, I get to choose certain story details like uh, the rating G through rated R, just like a movie, Um, the genre, action, adventure, comedy, just like a movie. And then I get to provide a description. I say, Mike Gaston is an evil fake news reporter trying to kill all startup businesses and Alex Krakowski is a superhero trying to stop him from creating all this fake news, <laughs> killing all these business, or trying to kill Talinga's business, or whatever it may be, because we're best friends. And I know that you're, you know, doing podcasts, and I know that you're talking to, to founders and CEOs. So, um, you know, I, since I know that about you, obviously, I create that really funny story that's personalized towards you. And then I upload a photo of me, and then I upload a photo of you, and then I hit submit. And after that, it gets sent off to a team of 25 contracted artists uh, across the nation. And then they begin building out that story and they send out a piece every other day for that one day or excuse me, the one day is just one image. The one week is three images sent out every other day over one week. The two week story is six images sent out every other day over two weeks. And the one month story is 12 images sent out every other day over one month. So just to recap, essentially how it works, want to buy you a gift, log on the website. I uh, choose a certain story length, uh, one day to one month. I provide a description, details of the story, rated G, uh, action, adventure, comedy, whatever it may be. Um, I upload some photos of both of us. I hit submit. The artists then begin creating that story. And then they send it out to you every other day in your mailbox, not email, but snail mail in your mailbox. And that way, you know, you look forward to checking your mail. And the whole point of this is to get, is to tap back into the tangible and physical and real side of life. And really to get people looking forward to checking their mail again, everything is, is very digital these days. Um, everything's electronic and, and, you know, we're always checking our cell phones and looking at our laptops and TVs and everything's on social media. And I'm trying to kind of create a, you know, 
uh, physical and real and tangible side of life that people can connect with and have fun with. And, and really at the end of a hard work day, they go home and instead of having to do chores or uh, you know, work on their startups or whatever it is that they may not be looking forward to whenever they go home, they can have a sweet little surprise that they can look forward to in their mailbox that tells that part of the story. So this is, uh, it's like a serialized story. It's almost like a comic strip that I'm getting in the mail. And maybe comic strip is the wrong, uh, r- wrong metaphor, but it's like a comic strip I'm getting in the mail every few days that's telling this linear story. Is that correct? That, that's correct. So if I chose like, say, a one month story with that same description about how you're providing fake news and you're trying to kill all startups across the world, uh, let's say that, you know, you would receive 12 images and they would be sent out every other day for one month. Let's say that first image that's completely hand drawn by and handcrafted by an artist is going to be like you sitting at your desk, you know, with an evil look on your face, plotting to take over all of the news media and, and plotting to kill all startups, you know, across, uh, across the world. You know, that's the first image, right? And then uh, two days from then you receive another hand-drawn image in your mailbox and it would be, you know, me finding out about your plot to take over and create all this fake news, you know, and I'm uh, positioned as the superhero. And the next image would be like you getting up to, you know, go, you know, foil every startup and you acting on that. And then every other day is another piece of that story. And the cool part of it, Mike, is that um, you, you don't know what the next part of the story is going to be because I purchased this for you. You don't know exactly the twists and turns uh, of the story uh, description that I provided, right? You don't know that, you know, you're going to be starting off as a fake news henchman looking to kill startups and you don't know that I'm going to be the superhero. Then you don't know what the next part and the next part and the next part after that is going to be. And, um, you know, that's that's the whole point and fun of this is, you know, you look forward to going checking your mail. You don't know what's going to be. You open up that envelope and it's another part of the story. And, you know, it, it's it's built to just provide smiles and, and happiness on, on people's faces. I love it. I mean, when I first heard about the business, I, I, I received something from you a few weeks ago and was reading through, went to the website and I just thought this is such a fantastic idea. You know, it used to be you get excited about what was going to show up in the mailbox. Now, I, I still have... Like for me, it's Amazon now. Like when Amazon shows up, there's an excitement. It's like, oh boy, this book I bought or, you know, whatever little gadget is coming in the mail. That's exciting to me. But like the mailbox in general has become a lot of junk mail and and bills. I mean, it's just not exciting anymore. People don't send handwritten notes that much. I I don't know anybody that really writes letters anymore, at least uh, physical letters. So you're kind of reviving something that generations of human beings have enjoyed for centuries. And that is receiving something special and personalized in the mail. Right. Um, I actually just turned 32 uh, two days ago, and uh, I'm actually looking, because I, I knew that I'd be doing this podcast interview with you, Mike. I'm actually looking uh, at a greeting card um, that my aunt sent me, uh, and I was just excited to receive that greeting card from my, my aunt, you know, for, for my birthday. And she wrote a little personalized message inside the greeting card. And although I personally hate the traditional greeting card, and I know that my aunt most likely is going to be listening to this podcast and, and she will hate me for saying this, but, um, you know, it's a very boring, uh, uh, greeting card in its presentation. Uh, but the message is, is the most thoughtful thing to it. Right. But the point is, is that, uh, just like you said, people go to their mailbox and it's a lot of junk. Uh, if it's not junk, it's bills. Right. Um, you know, I want to create something fun, 
uh, uh, for people to look forward to checking their mail. Um, this was a small form of that. Um, I remember I used to and still do actually receive a Sports Illustrated every single week. Uh, in my mailbox. And I always look forward to getting that, right? Um, I used to write letters back in college as kind of a fun way to stay connected uh, with folks. And um, it's it's exciting. The anticipation alone is almost just as good as the actual letter that I received when sure. I was back in college, right? Or yeah. the anticipation of your birthday uh, and getting a greeting card from someone is, is just as fun as that greeting card itself. And so that's kind of the, the magic that I'm trying to create um, around Tolinga and around the mailbox. So here's the thing. You're a Texas, uh, Houston, Texas native. You've got an undergraduate, uh, an undergraduate degree from Texas Tech University. You've got an MBA from Rice. Uh, your career's in the pharmaceutical world. If I were to look on a piece of paper, I would not like pick you to be the guy that that's that's doing this project, this kind of very creative <laughs> startup. So tell me a little bit, like, how did this happen? How did you come up with the idea? How did you get to where you are? Because the company launched recently, like, I want to say early this year. Is that correct? Uh, right. Yeah, it, it launched probably. It's hard to say what launch really is. And and I went into Talinga thinking everything was going to be easy breezy. And you're a multimillionaire, uh, right? So Yeah. Like, oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh. Like, just it, it's so easy. You know what I mean? Like, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> move over. Alex Shurkowski's taking over. It's, it's really ridiculous how much time and effort I spent on this of just starting it up. So it's hard to really define what launch is because. You know, if I knew uh, back then what I know now, things would have been very, very different. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can agree with that. But uh, just going back to it and thinking like when launch was, I would say maybe nine months ago, as soon as I thought that, you know, we were ready to go launch and focus on sales, I seemed to get sucked back into this kind of prototype, uh, you know, proof of concept type of phase. So I would say we launched approximately nine months ago. Um, how it all came to be is is that, you know, I've, I have a full-time career in the pharmaceutical industry, and I decided to pursue my MBA at Rice roughly two and a half years ago. And when you're getting your MBA from uh, Rice University with that workload, and you pair that with a rigorous career in pharmaceutical industry, uh, you don't really have a whole lot of time to stay connected with friends and family. You spend a lot of time like by yourself, right? Um, and so uh, since I've always been a fan of snail mail, like I said, in my undergraduate uh, time, I would send uh, you know letters to folks just to keep up with them as a fun way to look forward to checking your mailbox. Um, you know, I wanted to I wanted to bring that kind of back again. And so uh, what I did with my mom and my brother, uh, obviously very close to me, family, and I, I would uh, draw little sketches that would reminisce certain periods from our past. And uh, for my brother, I I, uh, I drew a little sketch about an incident one time we were in Wisconsin and we were at the Kansas city chiefs training camp. This is a very random weird story, but it's true. And hopefully listeners will understand what I'm saying right now. The Kansas city chiefs training camp, Tony Gonzalez used to be the tight end for, for the Kansas city chiefs. And my brother, maybe 16 years old at the time. And you know, he, he probably had chest hair at that point. He was crying out as if he was an eight year old boy. And he was saying, Tony, Tony, you know, please, please sign my ball. Please sign my ball. And it, and it was, it, 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 and it's kind of a running joke in my family. It's kind of one of those had to be there types of things, right? Um, that was extremely funny. But he was acting like an eight-year-old kid at the time. And then I really started to make fun of him. And as I made fun of him and as time went by, my parents kind of knocked on him a little bit too. And we always kind of brought that up as a running joke uh, within the family is that, you know, he was saying all these weird things that I, I don't even want to recite on this podcast right now. But just know it was completely weird for a 16-year-old to be talking like that uh, to another person. He was just like a like an infant. It was so funny. 
and ridiculous. So uh, I drew a little sketch kind of reminiscing that period, uh, which is funny just to, just to have him open it up, be like, what the heck is this? You know? Um, and then my mom, uh, I sent her one little sketch. Uh, she used to call herself queen mama Dalla, uh, which is a, a play <laughs> off of queen. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. I am sure some of your <laughs> listeners as well as you already caught on to what that is, but I grew up in the era of the first three star Wars films and queen Amidala, right. From star Wars, uh, was big and, and my brother and I were really big into Star Wars and as we were big into Star Wars we'd go see the movies and, and obviously mom would come with us and um, she you know wanted to relate to us and be funny as, as moms usually do and she coined the uh, nickname Queen Mamadala in which we all thought was extremely funny and she kept saying that over and over and over again so I drew a little kind of sketch uh, about that as well and so uh, what happened from there essentially is uh, I told one of my colleagues at Rice what I was doing. Uh, that colleague thought it was really funny and, and hilarious. We were both taking an entrepreneurship class at the time. And uh, she mentioned, you know, hey, maybe you should turn this into a business in some form or fashion. And so that essentially uh, was the birth or is the birth of Talinga. That's amazing. You know, as you're relaying that story, uh, my wife is South African and it brought me back when we were young, uh, in the early 90s, we lived in Cape Town. And, okay. you know, I had email at the time, but not all of my friends had email addresses. It just wasn't a thing yet. And uh, so I used to hand write letters. I'd be homesick and I'd write a letter to a friend. So I'd sit and write a letter. But in the marginalia, in the, you know, the sides of the letter, I'd draw these little illustrations. And the kind of running joke was I called my wife Sergeant Rock because all my friends were like, oh, my gosh, you're living in Africa. Are you scared? Is it dangerous? You know, just all these New Yorkers thinking like deepest, darkest Africa. So I used to draw these cartoons of my wife with like uh, big biceps and a machine gun and, and a little military <laughs> cap. Just like, you know, just the whole idea is like, she's taking care of me. Don't worry, I'm safe. And yeah. so as you're relaying those family stories, I, I would imagine a lot of people have these kind of inside running jokes and you do these little skits and drawings for each other. I mean, you're tapping into something that's very human and very relationship oriented, th- those private moments that, that make a family, you know, like the running joke with your brother, you know, squealing like a little kid. That's like, that's what makes a family a family. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's amazing. So, so you're in rice, you don't have enough time to, to hardly get your work done and stay afloat, but you're doing these drawings. A uh, colleague a co- uh, uh, in, in your MBA program says, turn this into a business. What happened next? Like, how do you go from, sending your family funny, funny drawings to, I've got a going concern. Uh, Like, I don't even know, nor do I want to remember or think about that time. It was a very (laughs) dark time. Like you asked that question and I want to say a million different things all at one time. It it was uh, pure chaos uh, at the time. Um, Okay. So, um, Let's, I'm going to build a website, you know, um, and it's going to be easy. And, you know, there's these website builders out there and how hard can it be? You know, so I'm going to build this website. I'm going to find two or three artists, you know, that are maybe undergrads at Rice. Uh, I'll talk with them. They'll want to draw for a cool startup company and we're off to the races. Right. Um, it wasn't that way at all. Uh, really, is just putting one foot in front of the other and, and trial and erroring absolutely everything and it all started really from the website and once i built the website which i would say my website now is a b plus 
I'm still working on that, especially on the SEO side of things. But at the time, it was a complete F and failure. And I thought it was awesome. I was like, dude, this website rocks. This is so good looking, you know, and I think back at like how my website used to look and it was terrible. So it started with the website. And from there, you know, I thought, hey, well, I need to find some artists now, right? So I reached out to some art clubs at University of Houston and Rice University, uh, the presence of, the, of these organizations and and really just said, hey, do you got do you do you have any members that would like to create some art and send it through the mail and kind of pitch them on on what I was thinking about at the time uh, with Talinga. Um, after doing that, after hearing maybe, you know, maybe 10 to 15 no's from the initial artists, uh, I started to kind of find my pitch to the artist that, that, that really started to work. Right. Uh, so the, the artist was kind of the next phase of things. And so I was able to acquire five to 10 artists. And then from there, it was like, my only thoughts were, Oh, I just need to do social media. I got my website. I got my artist. Now I just need to do social media and I'm good to go, and I'm, I'm off to the races, and I'm a millionaire in a month or two, right? Um, no, definitely not that way at all, but I started with social media. Then I started learning all sorts of things that I didn't know, and it's kind of like a story of, you know, you don't know what you don't know, and uh, it, it, was just, it was just me, like, really leveraging my opportunities at Rice and uh, relationships at Rice, with the people in entrepreneurship program and asking them for feedback, you know, uh, alum that have graduated from Rice and that have started their own companies asking for their feedback. What do I need to do next? What do I need to think about? What do I need to build on? And it was, it was really through a lot of conversations and a lot of dark and lonely uh, and stressful nights that I was able to kind of uh, get the product now to where it needs to be. So you didn't go the uh, typical MBA route, which is I'm going to write a business plan and I'm going to pitch it. I'm going to get some funding. And then once I get some funding, it sounds like you bootstrapped this thing. Yeah, it was bootstrapped. The The original intent behind this was really just like I want to I want to send stuff through the mail. And I, I just love the idea. And I love that one of my colleagues had convinced me to start this as I was doing it. Um, but. I really wanted to take what I was learning at Rice and I'm a very like, um, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, I like to practice kind of what, what I've, uh, you know, what's been preached to me essentially. Right. So I wanted to take all that knowledge that I was learning and actually use it, apply it as much as possible and let Talinga kind of be that channel that, you know, I could apply marketing concepts, finance, right. Accounting, you know, uh, a digital marketing strategy took a course in that, that I really wanted Salinga to be that channel for it, in, in which it definitely has been, but it's been even so much more than that. But no, I did not take the traditional business plan uh, approach that came much later. I was really just focused on, let me see if this thing's going to work. Let me build, build, build and go as fast as I possibly can and, and, and fix the issues as they come and let, you know, I'm going to launch as soon as possible and let the market and let uh, potential customers and current customers tell me where I'm messing up and how I need to modify, pivot or make changes to the idea to get it to where it needs to be. So, Alex, do you remember the first time someone purchased from you? Not a family member, not a friend, because I know when you start a business, folks will try to help you out. But do you remember the first time somebody, an anonymous stranger, just purchased uh, the product on the website? And if so, what was that like? Straight euphoria. One of the best feelings I've ever experienced. I mean, it was great. Uh, I remember it was for $15 
in a one week story, right? And I was super <laughs> thrilled, right? Like sure. I think my yeah, I, I think that my dinner was more expensive than that fifteen dollars. Yet for whatever reason, you know, that was the absolute best feeling in the world. I remember exactly where I was uh, at the time. I was in uh, a, a Thursday night class at Rice University. It was around nine o'clock, and I remember the my my cell phone rumbled in my pocket. Went down to check, and it said that there was a sale from a name that I did not know. You know, and if, if it was from you know friends or family, I would get disappointed once again and be like, "Oh, okay, uh, you know, my, my my friend Ryan's buying one of these again, right?" You know, but it, it came from a name that I did not know, and then I actually uh, verified that it was a, a person that I did not know through like social media. I'm like, there's got to be a way that maybe I'm connected to this person still, like uh, maybe from my undergraduate or maybe it's a long so friend. There's a little uh, disbelief. Yeah, a little disbelief, and I'm like, couldn't believe my eyes and what I was looking at. And I remember that um, a, a piece of press uh, from the Rice Thresher, which is the Rice University School newspaper, had just been released maybe hours before. And I suppose someone saw it online, and uh, they wanted, they thought they dug the idea, and, and they decided to purchase one. But I remember I wanted to just raise my hand in class, interrupt the class, the professor, and say, "Hey, guess what, everyone?" Because I was at that point a year in. Uh, to, to the coursework. And I, I had a bunch of friends and family, or excuse me, a bunch of friends and colleagues uh, already in class. So I knew everyone. I really just wanted to announce to everyone like, hey guys, guess what? Tulane got its first uh, natural sale uh, just now. And although most likely they wouldn't care so much, it meant absolutely everything to me. And it was, uh, you know, I have a big smile on my face right now, just thinking about that moment. I know exactly where I was sitting and who I talked to next after we went on break and that, that sale came through. And, um, you know, pretty much for like the two hours surrounding that sale, I remember it was just a pretty awesome feeling. And I remember every little bit of it. Something tells me you'll never forget that. Hey, guys, my guest today is Alex Kurkowski. He's the founder of Tlinga, Tlinga.com. You can go check out his website. It's T-E-L-L-I-N-G-A.com. Take a look at the product. It's really a phenomenal concept. I think you'd enjoy it a lot. And if you're on Instagram, make sure to follow his company there. You can find uh, Talinga at Talinga Stories. That's at T-E-L-L-I-N-G-A-S-T-O-R-I-E-S. Give them a follow. You'll see all kinds of examples of the artwork that they're doing. They're posting things regularly. You'll even see some uh, shout outs from guys like Perez Hilton on there. So go check them out on Instagram. We'll be right back in just a moment with more uh, with Alex Kurkowski. Folks, I hope you're enjoying today's interview. I have so much fun putting these podcast episodes together. It's such an honor to interview these folks, to learn from them, and to put this content out there. Look, if you like things that are marketing and branding related, if you want to become a better marketer, learn how to drive significant revenue through your marketing efforts to transform your brand into a real strategic asset, then I want to encourage you to go over to my website and sign up for my newsletter. The website is mikegaston.com. That's M-I-K-E-G-A-S-T-I-N. Com. Just scroll to the bottom of the page and there's a little sign up form right there. You'll never get any spam. I will never sell your information. But what I will do, I will send you an email once a week with the new content that I've created. I put out videos about branding and marketing. I write articles about branding and marketing. And as you know, I create this podcast. So sign up today, get in the system and learn more about branding and marketing. Become a better marketer. Guys, thank you so much. Let's get back to today's interview.
And we're back. My guest today is Alex Kurkowski. He is the founder and president of Tilinga.com. Uh, if you want to follow Alex, just go to Tilinga Stories on Instagram. You can follow him there and also check out their website. Alex, welcome back. It's been a great story so far. I really love this. Uh, it's kind of a classic startup story. The, uh, the beleaguered and overwhelmed MBA student with an idea and a dream and, uh, and a little bit of sweat equity. So you've you put a lot into this. In fact, when I asked you, hey, what was it like going from the idea to getting this thing rolling? I could feel the pain. You were like, oh, I don't even want to remember what that was like. So I think there was a lot of shoveling that had to happen to get you from there to this point. So you finished your MBA. Tilling is a thing. You've got customers now flowing. It sounds like a lot of your focus has been to try to get traffic to the website based on some comments you've made. Uh, what What is your kind of strategy for getting customers in how do you how do you do that how do you get people to find out about this right and i want to take a step back from that question for just a second for a little bit of context and detail here so uh earlier in in the podcast interview i mentioned that you know the prototype proof of concept phase seemed to keep lasting forever and right whenever i thought i was done building you know i had to build a little bit more right when i was not i thought i was done with the website or I was done, you know, with the uh, artist processes and procedures, or I was uh, uh, done with a certain facet of, uh, of operations uh, internally with how Talinga works. Right when I thought that that was done, I kept getting sucked back in to building on this thing, and I absolutely hate it. And uh, I, I really wanted, quite frankly, you know, from when we quote unquote launched, I really wanted to. Uh, build out, or I, I wanted to start selling it almost immediately, right? Like, uh, let me just go sell this thing. But I kept getting sucked back in um, uh, to this prototype phase, and, and you know, I didn't want to. Um, uh, I didn't want to find a CTO at least uh, at that period uh, in time. So I kept building it on myself. But you know, there's an opportunity cost with your time, right? So whenever you know you don't have time to sell, you're giving up that time by working on you know operational processes and procedures. And so I kept getting sucked back into that. So I feel like it wasn't until almost like maybe three or four months ago from a almost you know, year ago launch that I really got to focus solely on sales. So sales is king. Sales is everything. And, you know, that's what I didn't, you know, I didn't quite understand that looking back and and thinking, you know, um, I I just wanted to build a cool product and I thought that it could sell itself essentially, which is a very naive way to look at it. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can understand what I'm talking about there. But, um, as I slowly built Talinga and, um, you know, the natural movement of the company progressed, uh, I realized that, you know, sales is going to be the absolute hardest part. I went into it thinking, you know, acquiring the artist is going to be the hardest part, you know, or building out the website is going to be the hardest part or figuring out, you know, uh, some kind of operational uh, accounting or finance is going to be the hardest part. No, the absolute hardest part has definitely been sales. And I didn't really start to take that to heart and truly focus and think that way only until a couple months ago, because it took me so long to get out of this prototype proof concept build phase. And now that I've kind of stopped building, at least for the short run, because that's what we need to do. Now I'm focusing solely on sales. And, and, you know, that's where I'm talking to you, Mike, and I'm on this podcast and I'm telling, you know, our story essentially. And that's one of the avenues uh, that we're taking is, um, you know, 
I, I didn't know anything. I, I, I barely knew what search engine optimization was uh, early on. And I've done so much research on it re- uh, recently. It's ridiculous. Uh, I've listened to so many YouTube videos from Neil Patel and the Backlinko guy. And uh, there's a guy Brian from Dean, HRS. Yeah. And, yeah, Brian, I've listened to these guys over and over and over and over again. I knew nothing about SEO. And um, it's a shame because I think my website would be in a so much better place if I would focused on SEO way sooner. And I went out of order with everything, right? Um, so essentially launch, created the website, launch, and then my focus was, you know, a very naive, uh, ridiculous focus. And like, I'm just going to get press and that'll, you know, work wonders for me. I'll reach out to the Houston Chronicle. I'll reach out to Estonia Magazine, local press. I'll reach out to national press and and that'll be everything, right? I didn't even know what a backlink was. I didn't know what off-page SEO was, right? I didn't know anything that I know now. And I still like, I feel like I have a lot to learn, right? So a lot of the focus now in terms of how uh, we're looking to sell this is off-page SEO, building backlinks, you know, obviously on page SEO, I went through, you know, three or four months of of learning and, and trying to build that out as, as best as I possibly can, still making little tweaks here and there, but really getting it into a position where, you know, more organic keywords are coming up and that uh, it's ranked higher uh, and in a better position. That way, more people can find it on, under organic search. So it's kind of a twofold thing, right? So I talk to you, Mike, and I tell people the story about Talinga. Um, and, you know, hopefully they, they like the idea, they dig the, the story, the background, and they like the product enough to want to potentially, you know, order Salinga for a loved one, whether they want to, you know, reminisce a period from their past or create a brand new story. And, you know, sales come in that way. But then also, as you know, as your listeners know, sales come in that whenever, you know, you provide the Talinga link on your on your website, that's a backlink and that helps build your off-page SEO and your link juice and that helps you rank higher in Google search. And so I would say the primary way that we are, are, are or at least I'm focusing on getting sales right now is to uh, still build on to SEO and then simultaneously, it obviously works simultaneously, you know, uh, talking to Mike Gaston, right? Um, we were on uh, NPR uh, a few months back, we're on local television here in Houston, Texas, a couple months back. And all of that has been extremely helpful in terms of uh, building those backlinks and getting uh, better SEO. But it's definitely helped in, in terms of uh, acquiring new sales. So it's kind of both those things at the exact same time. And they play off each other. And that's one um, avenue. And then another avenue uh, we started about two months ago. Um, and whenever I say we, I mean me and the artists uh, at Talinga uh, is uh, building out an affiliate program. And we've gathered a lot of sales uh, via affiliates uh, with a, a program called Share a Sale. So it's been two of those things now. Um, and uh, the third way uh, we have not done yet, um, that has that is going to happen hopefully in the near future. I'm actually... Uh, thinking about it right now, or I thought about it right before I got on the podcast with you and we'll be thinking about it and be working on it tonight throughout the rest of the week is trying to find a vertical, right? Um, whether it be, you know, military or whether it be hospitals or retirement communities or gift shops, just trying to find some marketplace where we can advertise uh, to linger, build a joint venture kind of partnership relationship um, with one of those uh, verticals and and see if we can get more consistent sales because and I know that I'm, I'm continuing on here, but I need to get this off my chest is 
what's happened um, with Talinga is that uh, sales have only been as good as the press that we've received, right? We're on local television. Sales will spike up for three or four days. Then they'll dwindle back down, right? Uh, we're on NPR. Sales will spike up for a week or two, and then they'll dwindle back down, right? So it's only as good as really the press that I'm attracting into the business via radio, television, um, or uh, traditional like print ads or, or, or print publications, right? Um, but you know that's kind of a short-lived uh, uh, type of, of channel and way of doing things. And I've realized now that this is, as I said, it's officially been built to the point where I feel comfortable now approaching um, you know a certain vertical, whether it be you know trying to partner with a certain local hospital here in Houston, Texas, or retirement community, or talking to you know a certain military base where loved ones can stay connected, but just trying to really find some kind of vertical where it's not just you know peaks and troughs of sales based off press, but it's it's consistent sales that I can predict um, on, on a certain period because I have that, you know, consistent, uh, uh partnership and, and relationship with. Sure. You know, as I'm listening to you, I think of a few, I mean, a couple of things come to mind. One, uh, one challenge specifically, and then maybe an opportunity, you're probably already on this opportunity, but one of the challenges in my mind is, okay, you can say SEO, that's great. But if you're selling, uh, if you're selling watches, cameras, televisions, you know, it's a lot easier to I mean, it's very competitive, but like people search for those things. I want a new television. I search for it. And then the game is how do you rank to make sure you're in front of my face? This isn't a product that anybody's looking to buy. So I have to imagine like no one's going on there saying, you know what would be really cool? It'd be really cool if there was like an artist I could hire to do a serialized set of cards to tell a story to my fiance. So what in the SEO game, you've got to figure out what frame of mind is this target in and then kind of pitch and educate them on an opportunity that they didn't even know existed. So I would imagine that's a tough SEO challenge. It, it, it is. Uh, once again, I have a huge smile on my face because you totally get it. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners do as well. Uh, let me ask you and throw it back to you then, Mike. Uh, what do you think Talinga is? You know, if you could position this, you know, in the SEO world and online for, you know, people that are randomly searching online or not randomly, but they, they kind of know what they, they want. How would you position Talinga officially? Just shooting from the hip. And I, and this is going to be a broad stroke here to me, the essence of something like Talinga is about relationships. I mean, at its core, I'm not sending this to, I mean, I guess I could, right? Like maybe I'm, I'm thinking out loud, I'm prospecting, there's some CEO in Tennessee, you know, I'm trying to get in touch with them. I guess I could use Talinga as a creative way to, to prospect. I could, but really, at the essence, to me, it's these stories about you you giving your little brother who you love, you love him, but you're teasing the heck out of him, and now he's going to get a series of cards. It could be a bunch of buddies. I got a buddy getting married. Maybe we're going to do... Uh, it, it, to me, it's, it's the fun aspect, the intimate aspect of a relationship played out through the mail. And... Um, to, but that doesn't get you to SEO. I'm just thinking that's where I'd start is the relationship <laughs> side, right? So yeah. a lot of good that does you. I mean, I, I I haven't had the time to think about it like you, but to me, that's the that's getting at the essence of what is this brand. I'm not dictating that. I'm just saying for me, that's where I would start. I don't know if that's where I'd land. Right. Yeah, no, you're totally right. So that's where I was. That's where my mindset was for maybe the first six months of Talinga is that, you know, this is a fun you know, gift item that you can send through the mail for a loved one. And and at the time, you know, that's 
all that I thought it really took, right, is that this is mainly just a, a fun gift um, that people will be able to send to one another and be able to tap back into the mailbox, right? But what I discovered is that it being a kind of a personalized gift, I thought that was kind of the end-all be-all, but what I discovered is that's not quite enough for the SEO world. And so that whole gift mentality, like I said, lasted for six months. But after those six months, I, I started doing SEO research, um, started talking to you know mentors around me, uh, people at Rice. And what I came to realize that I need to get a lot more specific than just being a personalized gift, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I kept going. I kept going back and forth in between. You know, is this a personalized, like, kind of greeting card, right, or like kind of a reimagined greeting card that we're really just kind of trying to turn into, you know, an, an experience, uh, or is this more of kind of like a personalized children's book or personalized storybook? Uh, where, you know, you're the lead character of the story, loved ones in it. And it's one of those uh, types of products. Right. And I literally just until maybe about a month ago, uh, I talked with someone for whatever reason, light bulb went off. Um, I was asking all sorts of people, Hey guys, do you think that this is more of a storybook company? Or do you think that this is more of kind of a, a you know, personalized greeting card company, like a premium, better greeting card company. And I talked to this one person, random person. He's like, why don't you do both? You know, you're kind of a smash up of, of both of them. You know, you're a hybrid and just the light bulb went off for, for whatever reason, I was really just trying to pick one and go with it. And now I'm kind of picking both in a in kind of a, a, a selective, narrow way. It leans, I would say, more so on the greeting card side and the, off the research that I've done. But it definitely has some storybook elements to it as well. So the SEO has been extremely tricky in trying to create a brand new product because, like you said, no one's really searching for this. And so you really have to pick, you know, a niche and go with it and try to position in and around it uh, so that, you know, people know who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. And, and when I, I think when I was talking about relationship, uh, to me, it's a shared experience. It's like you're creating a shared experience that's unique and special. Uh, again, I don't know how that plays out in SEO, but I like where you're going rather than saying it's creating this false dichotomy. It's either a greeting card or it's a storybook. It's like, well, it can be a hybrid, but essentially you're creating a shared experience based on a relationship that people share and uh, you're making it fun. The earlier I said there's, so that's a challenge, there's a, an opportunity in my mind and that is converting people into repeat sales. How, how successful have you been at that? Because once I do it, if I have a novelty mentality, oh, I did this thing once, uh, it was fun, but people move on. How hard have you been trying and how successful have you been at getting people to come back and buy again and again? Uh, so uh, repeat business, I would say approximately right now is around 25%. Um, I'd have to t uh, go back and take a look at that, uh, to get an exact figure as far as them coming back. It's, I, I really do think it's the value of the product, right? And that sounds so cheesy for me to say the value of the product, you know, every entrepreneur startup company, you know, we provide such value, you know, I feel like I hear that right, all the time. Right. But um, when you're looking at, you know, three, you know, pretty talented and professional drawings, right, where you're in the story, and those three and your friends in the story or loved ones in the story, whatever it may be, right? And it's, it's three hand drawn images, and you're looking at, you know, 15 to $20 for all three images. 
it's really that value built cheap. in, right? Yeah, yeah it is extremely yeah. cheap, right? Um, so we've raised the prices a little bit since then, um, not because we can, but for the position and the image that it gives off that, hey, this is a more premium product really and, and raising those prices, but we've only raised them by about 10 to 15%, right? Sure, but, um, sure. It, it's it's really the value that we provided in that, you know, like you're looking at six images at $25, six, like whenever I showed like in a lot of the research early on and customer feedback uh, or potential customer feedback, I would show people some of the images uh, from the artist and I, I would ask them, how much would you pay for that? And uh, a lot of people would say like, oh, I'd pay $30. And I'm like, all right, perfect. You know, uh, we're priced at $30. And they go, no, 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 wait, Alex, wait, Alex, I'd pay $30 for each image. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm charging you like, I'm charging you, I'm charging you like $30 for, for all six images here, you yeah. know? So, um, it, the, the people that, uh, I like understand the brand, understand what we're trying to do. Un- like they love snail mail. They like checking the mail. They like providing a personalized fun gift that puts a smile on someone's face. They, they know what we're trying to accomplish for, for those that like that and, um, just, I mean, truly understand that we are providing that level of value uh, with with those handcrafted images. Though that's why I believe that there's been repeat customers. And so, th- uh, so that twenty five that twenty five percent has been people that on their own accord have just come back to buy. And these aren't people that you're marketing to to get them to come back it sounds like well yeah i mean well i have the the drip email campaigns going right okay, where you sign gotcha. up you so, put you your email. And, so you are yeah and yeah. Uh, like you know I, i'm marketing them like obviously i have hootsuite going with social media and i have that dripping out on on you know four different social media platforms i have the email campaign getting released once a week but uh, i don't know how effective those things are for the repeat business that uh, we've received. I, I would sure. say 80, I would wait 80, 90% if it's really been on the, the first product that they received. And maybe I, I give 20, 10% to the email or, or uh, you know, social media sure. campaigns that are, are currently set. So. Well, there, and so there's the, maybe there's the upside opportunity that, uh, you know, I, you've got some other hurdles to overcome right now, but as your database and, and list grows, maybe that's, it's optimizing your ability to convert those people to come back. Um, you know, it's marketing 101. It's just like sell more things to existing customers as to. So I'm not saying that you're not doing that, but it sounds like down the road that could be an opportunity to mine that database over time. But uh, but that's cool. I think 25 percent is actually a great number. I, I think that's fantastic. I mean, it's a quarter of your people are coming back and buying without you twisting their arm. That says something about the experience they're having. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I really still am, am <laughs> I feel like one day I'm going to discover a company out there doing something very similar or identical to what we're doing. I haven't yet. And I've done a lot of research. You uh, haven't gotten any cease of, or desist letters, right? No, 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 not yet. And like, right. Like some, you know, like when you research online and, uh, you see something on Instagram or Facebook or just on Google search and like, oh my gosh, this company is doing something. And then you read a little bit deeper on like, like the about us page and you realize that they're doing something like drastically different or just, just slightly different. You know, I haven't even, I haven't found anyone yet doing exactly or even, even close to what we sure. are doing. And I feel like it's, it's that level of, of just kind of newness and excitement and, and, and really just it being a different product for folks 
that provides the excitement and that excitement obviously is the value and that value makes that customer want to come back and order another sure. story with us. Sure. Alex, let's shift gears for a minute here. Tell me a little bit, like when you went to school to get your MBA, was your desire to become an entrepreneur to own your own business? Or is this something that just kind of was fortuitous as you're, you know, goofing around with your family members and your, your colleague in school says you should pursue this? Ah, I want to say that it was more of, you know, I want to get my MBA because I want to discover what I'm made of, what I want to do. I want to grow up, right? Where I was 28, 29 at the time. And one would think that, uh, you know, you're grown up and you're an adult and you have everything figured out at that age. And, you know, I, I feel like I still don't have everything figured out. Right. I don't but, know, brother, yeah. I'm a uh, 52 and I'm still figuring things out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's always like the, the, the parents or, or just, uh, just people in general that provides that pressure is like, you need to have everything figured out if you graduate from undergrad. Right. And I know, uh, whether it be your listeners, you, me, we've all felt that pressure from other folks. Right. So with the MBA, why I perceive my MBA is really to, uncover who I am and what I want to do. Right. And, uh, obviously I would say entrepreneurship was definitely on the docket. And to answer your question straight up, I would say about 75% of me going to the program really wanted to start a company in some form or fashion and then see where that goes and see how I felt about it. So, so you did have a desire to become an entrepreneur. This isn't something you tripped over and thought I never plan on doing this, but here I am. What, um, what attracts you to business? Like what about entrepreneurship before you got into this made it look interesting to you? I go back to the feeling that I discussed earlier with you after I, uh, we received our first sale. Like it was just, that feeling was amazing that like you had an idea, you created it, you moved it along, you've watched it grow. You can't imagine, you know, where it was at one point and its origin, where it is now. And it, and it, it, it was, it's so cool to see that. It's so cool to see that your idea playing out in that, you know, you're not working for an oil and gas company, you know, you're not working for a consulting firm where that's someone else's product. Someone else has built that, right? Um, entrepreneurship to me is all about creation. It's all about, you know, you having an idea, having a dream, and then executing on that that idea and dream, and um, it, it's much deeper that, and, and probably uh, difficult to express with words. But it's really just like I wanted to create my own product and, and essentially raise my own child and watch it grow. Mm, that's uh, that's deep. I love that answer, and um, it's really cool what you're doing because I. Um, you know, I used to own a design agency, so I had a bunch of uh, creative people that worked for me. And some of those folks went to school for design and they were happy just doing design work. But some of them were fine artists and they, you know, you can't necessarily feed a family doing fine art, but they could be illustrators. They could do different work that would help them pay the bills. But I know that that's a tough way often to make a living. So where I'm going with that is to say, I love that what you're doing with Tilinga creates opportunities for people with real skills and talents that is isn't always easily commercialized and you're giving them a chance to earn some money and make a living and i think that's a really cool thing maybe it's a byproduct maybe it wasn't your vision you know starting the whole thing but it's kind of cool to see how you're impacting other people's lives in a positive way with this 
Right. No, it's been a lot of fun. And, um, it's, uh, like it's, it's hard to really describe like, uh, when, when, whenever you're, we have brought on artists, I brought on artists into Talinga and to see them create something and enjoy doing it. And like just digging your idea, digging the company and digging the work that they're doing where they didn't have that before. And it was all just kind of created out of thin air, uh, is a humbling and exciting experience and, and feeling. It's just, it's a, it's a great thing. It's amazing. Yeah, Very hard cool. to describe. Yep. Sure. Well, you use the metaphor of a child, you know, you bring this thing into the world, you raise it and, and all that when you're talking about the business, uh, what's, you know, like as a parent, um, I had, you know, my kids are similar in age to you, but that, you know, I have vision for them. It's like, what do I want them to become? How do I want them to be successful? Not dictating like what they do for a living, but what kind of life do I want for my children? So what's your vision for Talinga? What are you hoping that it be- can become? What is it that you're trying to accomplish down the road with it? Besides, you know, the immediacy of trying to get sales in the door and you know, doing all that stuff that an owner has to do. Where do you want to go with this? Yeah, great question. So in the short term, uh, I just put together a a slide deck, a pitch deck to try to raise a little bit of capital. Uh, I'm not seeking really a whole, whole lot with this. Uh, So I put the pitch uh, deck together for that as well as uh, finding a CTO that can come through and and build out two different things in what I'm looking to do with Talinka. Number one is build out an Airbnb style model. Uh, that allow artists to price within limits, have their own ceiling uh, and floor ah. that they can price their work at, right? And then they can have their own portfolio and lookbook where a customer can come through. And instead of, you know, clicking on, you know, start your story and getting up a random Talinga artist, they can click on the artist themselves that has their own reviews and it has a, a, a Talinga lookbook Style where they create all these Talingas yeah. before. So just like Airbnb, you know, and, and some artists, uh, do different styles than others. And that's been kind of a, a challenge, uh, immediate challenge with Talinga is sometimes the artists are great at uh, performing, you know, like a uh, certain type of art while others are performing, you know, other art. And, and those two varying styles, sometimes the customer doesn't want one style and they want the other one. Well, uh, this is kind of a twofold approach is, a, it allows the artists, uh, gives them more control and allows them to price within certain limits. Number one, more business ownership on their end, which is great. And they're kind of their own entrepreneurs at that point. And three, it gives the customers more option and allows them to really get specific as to what they're looking for. Right. Um, so I, I really want to try to build out that Airbnb model. I think that would help with scale. I think it would allow us to onboard our artists a, a lot faster. Uh, second thing I'm looking um, from that CTO is to build out somewhat of a subscription model, right? Where right now we have the the one day story, which is one image, one week, three, two week stories, six, and, and one month stories, 12. And that's kind of a subscription in itself to a degree, but not really, and really allow customers to subscribe. And then, you know, on that anniversary or Valentine's Day or Christmas, I mean, let Talinga take care of that for you, right? Like we will build out a story for you, whether it be throughout the entire year and you select certain holidays or certain, you know, uh, special moments or special days uh, that you want a Talinga sent out. You can completely build out that schedule and calendar and subscribe on an annual or monthly basis and and really put uh, give the customer more options uh, uh, to move forward with, with Talinga. So that is kind of the short run. What I'm looking to do is raise a little bit of capital, find a CTO, and then kind of the mid to long-term goal is to onboard writers, 
where they're kind of creating short stories and, and novels and, and they're straight up writing, uh, you know, letters and, and stories for folks, right? Hand-drawn on notebook paper that are being sent out. And we've actually had a customer uh, told us to do that already in which we we did the story. The, the, the customer did not want any drawings. The customer just wanted uh, us to essentially write a book for him. So uh, looking to do that as well, where it's not just artists, but it's also writers that are onboarded uh, into their own subscription-based Airbnb style model for Talinga. And then, mm. um, and then, and then kind of see where that goes, but ultimately is to really own the mailbox, right? Like I mean, everyone has a mailbox. It's often forgotten. And, you know, I keep saying tap back into the tangible and, and those are buzzwords that I use that, that people usually like hearing from me, but really just providing that and this kind of being positioning this as kind of the anti, you know, social media company, the the tangible, the physical, the fight against the, the social media fatigue, the the computerization and electronic side of life and really just you know, uh, tapping back in the mailbox and owning it and being kind of that snail mail official snail mail company. My guest today has been Alex Kurkowski. He is the founder, president, and uh, chief cook and bottle washer at this stage of Talinga.com. <laughs> He's uh, really got a great thing going. Alex, thanks so much. I, I love the idea. I love the hard work that you've put into it. I love the passion and vision. And I know uh, I join all my audience in wishing the best success with with uh, Talinga. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I look forward to hearing from you soon. Yeah, absolutely. And folks, make sure to follow Alex's company. Check them out. You can get to them on Instagram. Just for at Talinga Stories. That's T-E-L-L-I-N-G-A Stories. And also, hey, do me a favor and try out the service. Just go to Talinga.com. There's no special promo code or anything. Just give it a whirl. It's the coolest little thing. You'll love it. And uh, even if you're just curious, take a look. Share it with some friends. It's a really great idea. Uh, You can also do me a favor and follow me. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Just look for Mike Gaston. You can get me on Twitter uh, or you can send me an email, mike at mikegaston.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere that fine podcasts are provided. Just hit that subscribe button and you will get the currency hot and fresh every week delivered to your device of choice. Guys, I love you all. Thanks for joining me and I'll catch you in the next episode.